What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Deco Podcast. I'm super excited because we got this cool thing behind us. It's so not, it's not a real game. <laughs> it's not real until it's in our hands. It's not real until it's in my hands. It's on my TV, and I finish it. Then it's real. Look at this statue. So for those of you who aren't here with us live and are listening to this, that is a 4K of image, our, by the way, of our, off of GameStop. <laughs> yes. For uh, so Elden Ring revealed a 15 minute long gameplay trailer a few hours ago, just before this podcast, and I was like, that means that not just because we already had the release date, but I was like, that means they're showing gameplay. That means it's probably up for pre order. And <laughs> sure enough, it was. And you get this art book, 20 pages hardcover, 40 page steel books. This is how you get me to pre order stuff. If your games have a steel book, that is most likely a surefire way that I'm going to pre order it. And then you have this awesome statue. That's another way to get people to pre order stuff. Give me things in my collector's edition. There's only two collector's the, the, the editions. The actual worth... box looks pretty nice too. Yeah. Like that's cool. There's <laughs> only there's only like very few collector's editions that are worth the price, in my opinion. It's very true. Which two they are? <laughs> the Dead Island one. That was exclusive to Poland for some weird reason. Yes, that came. It with was the... a full like first aid kit. <laughs> and two, the Hail to the King version of Duke Nukem Forever. That was the super large one, right? Yes. With the box thing that opened the up. Box thing that opened up. <laughs> a statue and a pair of stainless steel meditating balls. That's very Duke Nukem. Yeah. <laughs> And like a bunch of other stuff, and I'm sitting here. I'm like, why? Why? Why are those the only two collectors' issues? And I'm like, they really want the full nine yards with this. Like, what the heck? Yeah, a lot of collectors' editions aren't worth it, but some of them are just like scratch that. The DLC collectors' edition for Biohazard. Uh the re- the the one that was in the the house. Resident Evil Seven. Yeah, Seven. Yeah. Um, because it came with Chris Redfield's gun. Yeah. It was like. It's like, yeah, it's $900 like for the DLC. No, for the gun. I'm like, and we just email you the DLC code. Japan only. It was an airsoft gun. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you want a gun? I'm like, no, the, 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 inter- that. the interesting thing about a lot of some of these collector's editions is depending on how much are printed and how hype like the game was. Um, a lot of collector's editions actually wind up becoming even worth more in yeah. value just for having them. Uh, so, for example, uh, I think it was Uncharted 3. I, I think it was Uncharted 3. Uh, one of the editions came with the replica dagger that's in the game. Yeah. That edition is actually worth like double what it was when you pre-ordered it. It was like $150 at the time. And now it's like a $300, which $400. Which collector's editions don't hold their value? Uh, everything else? No, specifically <laughs> Call of Duty, except for one. Um, yeah, it was Black Ops 2's but the Ultimate Collector's Edition that came with the drone and the Jeep. Yes, only one. How do you? Was it like a replica Jeep or did no? It, it was a Jeep. Like it came with a full fledged. It was Jeep. a full fledged Jeep. God, that's how much money Activision Blizzard decided to throw at Call of Duty. 
And to get that edition, you had to win a randomly selected contest by buying the collector's edition. Okay. <laughs> you know what's funny? I haven't really heard a peep. Like, Call of Duty Vanguard drops tonight. No, tomorrow. Slash Wait, it does? Yeah. So, <laughs> they had their, like, release. <laughs> it drops, like, tonight? Or yeah, tomorrow? they had the release party last night. I didn't go. I was invited. I was like, I'm not going. I there was a release <laughs> party last? Normally, I'm on top of these things. I've heard nothing of this game. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually heard nothing of... It is November. Yeah. It's traditionally Call of Duty month. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I think... I mean, they have advertised it, like, online and whatnot, but... Like, I haven't even seen an ad for it online. Uh, we're probably about to. Who knows? <laughs> but anyway... uh. <laughs> I, I also chalk it up to Blizzard Activision kind of like trying to lay low with everything that's going on over there because it's been a mess. A mess the whole year. The whole year. And even more so now with uh, more things that have come out. A lot of people leaving. Um, the CEO um, of Blizzard, the yeah. interim, like because they had two C they COOs. Had, the interim one decided to leave and, and she's on. she was on her way out anyway. So Yeah, so she's like, I'm giving up. Bye. Yeah. Um. So it, it, so now it's all in Activision's hands. Yep. Uh because of all this, uh, all these legal matters, um, and also a lot of development members leaving, and including you know some of the leads, uh, Diablo Four and Overwatch Two have been delayed indefinitely. Immortal. Yeah. There was a beta, and that was like in June. Of this year? Yes. That game was announced like what? Four years ago? No, that game was announced uh, 2019. Remember the infamous uh, what? Don't you guys have cell phones? <laughs> was that 2019? I think so. <laughs> no, it couldn't have been. It was either 2019 or 2018, but it was definitely pretty recent. Um, but yeah, so Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2 have now been delayed indefinitely, which is never a good sign. Uh, especially when you have two high-profile games of that nature. 2018. So, yeah, that's what I said. They had their beta last Four night. years. It's right. slated for a 2022 release. Yeah, their beta was in June. <laughs> that one's apparently still coming out. <laughs> Look, Call of Duty survived, okay? That's all Activision yeah, really gets. Yeah, because that's all they have. It's true. Uh, this current Call of Duty is being made by Sledgehammer Games. Um, so I guess it'll be good. I don't know. I'm, just, I'm, I'm not picking it up because I just refuse to buy Activision Blizzard. You don't stuff. have to buy a new Call of Duty game. I'm not even ready to buy a new Call of Duty game for the cool. cafe. Everyone's going to be bothering me for it anyway. I mean, you don't Attacks have right to. Off. <laughs> you don't have to But it'd be a good idea I mean, Just think about this Gino You buy Call of Duty now And then in two weeks You also have to get Battlefield 2042 I would rather buy Battlefield 2042 So you want to hear a funny story? You bought Battlefield 2042 I pre-ordered Battlefield 2042 <laughs> um, So yeah this would be the first Battlefield That I have actively decided to participate since in Since Battlefield Vietnam On PC Which It's been a while 
Wow. Like I've I've dabbled. I haven't bought any. I've dabbled in all the other battlefields. I I bought the bad company games, okay. but I I had those. That was like PlayStation Three. It's so long ago. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, a Battlefield Twenty Forty Two is actually looking like a just a much better overall product compared to previous iterations of Battlefield. Uh, the new modes actually look fun. I think my favorite thing though is the Battlefield um portal mode that they have yeah i saw that i was just like that's cool so for those of you who don't know uh when battlefield drops you're gonna have access to battlefield which is the main you know 64 versus 64 thing there's the battlefield hazard which is their battle royale mode even though they're not calling it a battle royale it's basically battle royale uh and then there's battlefield portal (laughs) (laughs) why so zoomed in because i'm i don't know you touched the camera it's your fault Oh, no, because we moved it. We moved it a little bit. That's all. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> uh, and then the Battlefield uh, portal is essentially you can pick any iteration of Battlefield that's been played before. Yep. And you can have that character with any guns from yeah. any iteration of the Battlefield thing. So you can have, like, your World War II soldier running around with, like, modern-day weapons well, and Mac. riding a horse. And the Mac. <laughs> and the And the Mac. Uh, and the maps are also the the map that you play on. So the maps that you play on are also mixed uh, areas of all yeah. the different battlefields. So that's pretty cool. It's cool. I like it. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think I'd rather get that game. That game would be a good investment. I I I'm I have really appreciated how much ea has changed its tune in the past couple of years so this is like me like okay you guys have done a lot of things to kind of like really make me go what okay you guys are doing it right and again i told you because they're looking they look over at activision blizzard and like (laughs) that could be us (laughs) it's it's true but uh the ea originals have been very good um and battlefield 2042 is definitely uh something that i want to play i've always wanted to play these kind of games, you know, I, I like if oh, Activision man. Blizzard was a better company, oh I would be one of those people that buys Call of Duty every oh my year. God. We're back to the original Xbox. Yes. <laughs> where it's only Battlefield and Halo. <laughs> <laughs> and we're almost a month away from a new Halo. Yeah. This is an exciting time for gaming. And then in two weeks, we have Final Fantasy fourteen expansion drops. Yep. God, I'm not getting into the year. Gino's going to, like, die. <laughs> so this is, uh, this is a really good time frame for gaming. This is the holiday season. You know, like, it's officially reared. It's, a re- it's reared its head. You know, you got... We're still processing 2020. We're still processing 2020, but it's like, oh, God. 2022 already. We're, we're, we're a few months away from 2022 with all these games and Halo. Yeah. Yes, that I still want. <laughs> I'm sure I can find... I missed a- it on the fridge. I'm sad. Oh, that sucks. Like, literally by, like, a few seconds. <laughs> I was so sad. I hope they I hope they continue to run like restocks of that fridge because I actually kind of want an Xbox fridge that charges your phone and controller and makes the sounds. It makes sounds? It makes when you you can press the little Xbox button and it makes the boop sound that the Xbox makes. 
It's been a while since we had that. <laughs> it makes the boop sound that the, that the Xbox It makes, makes the Xbox boot up sound? Yeah. That's hilarious. And it can charge your controller because the USB ports work on the front. Yeah. Like Microsoft went in on this. I'm like, you know, it'd be even, you know, it'd be even better if the fridge was actually like a discless version (laughs) of the Series X or S and it could actually play games on top of being your fridge. (laughs) (laughs) I would have liked that. (laughs) Have you seen how Horizons is doing in terms of Forza Horizon 5? Which drops next week, by the way. Which uh, <laughs> the, the pre the early reviews of it have been? No. Everyone's giving it perfect scores. Well, yeah, because it's Forza Horizon Five. And on top of that, you want to know what's crazy? If you look at Metacritic right now, do you want to know what the top AAA games are? They're all Microsoft games. Yes. With the expand, with the exception of Psychonauts 2, because it's technically multi-platform. I mean, it, it was, but it's an uh, Xbox-developed studio, so yeah, they're like, so, "Yeah, we'll take that." So, Psychonauts 2 was originally going to be actually. So when they were, when they originally announced Psychonauts 2, yeah, it had no platform. Right. Well, the Kickstarter PC. was advertised as being able to go multi-platform. Right. And that's with the Kickstarter, and then Microsoft bought um, the studio, the studio, <laughs> and. When it came time to like, oh, what's going to happen with Psychonauts 2, uh, Tim Schafer was like, no, 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 no. Like, when we were Kickstarter, we we had no idea. Like, we were pretty much going to make this open source. Yeah. So for those people who got into our Kickstarter and have PlayStations, I'm going to put it on PlayStation. Yeah, no, yeah. That, that was part fine. of his yeah, deal. Yeah, like, no, Tim, no, Schaefer, Tim Schaefer made sure no, that Ma- Xbox, like, Microsoft, said, look, we're glad you're going to give us money. We're glad that you're going to. But this is the promise that we kept. This is the and, promise and that the we kept. That Microsoft so, was like, yeah, no, yeah, that's fine. So on a technicality. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on a technicality, uh, Psychonauts 2 is one of the first Xbox games on every system. <laughs> yes. Um, um we're also going to showcase uh, Forza 5. We've done a little switcheroos on our gaming streams this week, uh, just because we have a lot of things coming out. Uh, but next week on Tuesday, uh, when Forza Horizon 5 drops, uh, Mario and I are also doing another switcheroo. So I'm going to be on Guardians of the Galaxy Sunday, Monday. And then Tuesday, he's going to showcase Forza 5. But here's the crazy part. Forza 5, everyone's praising it as the perfect game to show off xCloud. Yeah, because you can play it anywhere. You can play it anywhere on hey, any device. Hey, I, I have Forza Horizon on my tablet now. You can actually play it on the PlayStation. Can I? PlayStation has a browser extension. I'll have to try this out because be, that'll be sick. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking PS4 though, right? Yes. So if I would have to use the web browser extension, download. Well, can I even download? No, because no, you can play it in the I browser. I can play it in the browser. <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I can play Forza Five. Let's go. Technically, I'm going to try to play it because I have an older I, DS. I, I wonder if it works. The Nintendo DS browser should technically also work. Uh, like the 3DS browser. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here, I'm like, I'm going to try all of this out now. Would it be able to run it, though? It's streamed. Doesn't use the hardware. That's true. But wouldn't, like, the frame rate be affected? Dependent on, that's all dependent on your uh, Wi-Fi. On your Wi-Fi. Yeah. So there is a chance that you can technically run it on the Nintendo DS and the 3DS. And the Switch. And the Switch. Well, the Switch doesn't have a web browser. No. Well, I mean, it could. 
But that guy's going to jail. That guy's going to jail. <laughs> this is a good segue into some more news. <laughs> uh, so um, Bowser's going to jail. And one of the funniest things that I've read <laughs> ever in news. Um, it's basically what happened. Well, how, how common is the last name Bowser? I I didn't think it was that common, but I, apparently it the is. The fact that Nintendo found a Bowser to run Nintendo of America was, in my opinion, oh, that's a stroke of luck. Now Nintendo's sending another Bowser to jail. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> so Gary Bowser, who is a member of Team Executor, which is uh, basically a modding it's team. It's a hackathon theme, modding yeah. team. They do security patches, everything like that. Uh, he was selling uh, custom firmware that enabled piracy. So basically he was selling hacked switches. Well, no, what he was doing, see, he wasn't enabling piracy. He created a tool and was selling a tool that can circumvent the installed software and firmware on the Nintendo Switch, which could lead to piracy. He was selling pirated Nintendo Switches. No, he was just selling software. He was selling pirated Nintendo Switches. Um, but he was tracking in circumvention devices, and in a plea agreement, he was sentenced to what was the amount that he has to pay now? Uh, four point. He has to pay five four point five million in damages and ten years in jail. And ten years in jail. And he was arrested last year in twenty twenty, yeah. and the sentence was issued this year, yesterday, yesterday, yeah. <laughs> So Nintendo sent Bowser to jail. Yeah. And it's the funniest thing I've ever read. Like just the headline alone mm, yeah. was hilarious. Bowser faces 10 years in jail. Like. At first I thought it was the announcement of like a new game. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, no, legitimately a guy named Bowser is going to jail for uh, piracy. Yes. For <laughs> enabling piracy. He didn't actually pirate anything. That's the funny part. Yeah. But it's it, the enabling. It's like I give you a nut. This is why I hate this because technically, technically, and this is just gonna be me. I'm not condoning piracy or anything like that. Um, that's like me sending Ken to jail for having a knife and giving him the ability to, you know, knife people. <laughs> I think that's a very poor uh, <laughs> analogy, I mean, but, yeah, but sure. But that's essentially what the analogy here is. He was he basically just he created a firmware that just circumvents Nintendo's already installed firmware. That is what hacked that. He's basically going to jail for hacking. Yeah, yeah. Hackers getting thrown into jail because that's what happens. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was just a funny story. Like the, the headline. Was, alone. Yeah. <laughs> the headline alone, I'm just like, oh man, this you is hilarious. People who do NFTs. Ubisoft. Yeah. What was up with that? So, I'm mad that we called it. And then like after last week's podcast ends, mm-hmm. we, we look at the news like, are you kidding us? It's funny. So last week uh, we made the joke that it's like, oh, wait until some a company decides to offer NFTs as I a deal. Activision actually. As like a last ditch effort to offer <laughs> NFTs as DLC type things, 
And Ubisoft is the first game, is the first company to say, hey, that's exactly what we're going to do. Uh, no word on how they're going to implement this it's just yet. Er- no, no, there, there is a bit. They came out with a little more, bit more. It's earnable NFTs through gameplay. I guess. I don't want to, like, look, look, there's already a debate about whether or not, specifically with Ubisoft games, whether or not you actually own them. Because the majority of their games, if the servers go down, well, you can't play the game They're anymore. Gone. Yeah. Um, save for like the original two Assassin's Creeds. Well, not all of them. Does any you, you won't have access to any of the digital stuff that you've earned if the servers go down. But you still, no, you can still recent, play the even, game. No, even the recent Assassin's Creed have to do a callback to the server to be able to to load certain sections of the game. The game has become unplayable. Yeah, yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, even single player games. Have to make that callback. Um, so yeah. I mean, I've never been wrong. <laughs> so so Mario the Chariot yeah. said, "I'm psychic with gaming decisions." The same way Mario is apparently psychic with wrestling things, and it's like I, I don't, I don't claim to be a psychic. I just know I've never been wrong. It's it's not even that. It's just like, and I've I've always predicted if you, it. If, yeah, if <laughs> it makes the most business sense for a company to get into the new thing. I mean, Coca-Cola is getting into NFTs, like the same way they got into esports. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it makes sense. I don't want it. Gaming's already wasteful. As, as a, I, I don't think people they're they're going in with the mindset of like, oh, you know, this is a hazard to the environment. It's just another way a to make money. Majority of people don't actually understand. Even the internet technically is a hazard to the environment. And Google search, <laughs> yeah, takes so much energy actually. If you were to power for one Google search, is the equivalent of running your car for 40 minutes. That's just one Google search. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find that very odd. (laughs) But also, it makes sense. Think about all the computers that are in, in, in the world that require just the internet just to exist. And they can't go off. That's also very true. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. What? <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> he got a single Dogecoin from lunch. Oh my god. That's hilarious. But yeah. Oh man. So, but uh, yeah. So speaking on Ubisoft, uh, I actually got a chance to check out the uh, Riders Republic game. I actually did too. I did. Uh, what do you think of it? I thought like it's a fun game. Like I, that. I, I there are certain issues that I have with it in terms of gameplay and whatnot, but like it's just fun. Yeah. <laughs> like I know like when we saw it at E3, you were skeptical of it. I'm just like, this just looks like something I could kill like So I'm skeptical of every Ubisoft game. Yeah. Um except the ones that like look like they yeah, might yeah. be fun. So like, like Phoenix Rising. Like Immortals Phoenix Rising. Yeah. I was like, oh, this looks different enough. Yeah. And then I played it and we showed it off and I was like, different enough. Um Writer's Republic, I was like, this just looks like Steep, but it's like it looks like the game that Steep died so that this game could run. But I was like, I don't know where they're going to go with this. Like, I tend to get very tired of what I refer to as open world BS. And that happens in a lot of the games, specifically that Ubisoft puts out, like every Assassin's Creed they've put out. You know what I liken it to? 
it's PlayStation Home without with stuff to do. Yeah. That's what it is. And I'm that's how I'm approaching it. I'm approaching it the same way I approach VR chat. <laughs> just the fact that it just has content filters already built in, thank God. Yeah. Um, um but it's actually a fun game. Uh I think one of the clever things that they do is whenever it's not like a major release, they always make sure to that it's developed by an Ubisoft original game studio. Yeah. Which this one was. It's an Ubisoft original. I just don't know which studio worked on it from Ubisoft. Um But it's a it's an interesting game. I don't think I would run out and buy it. It's not like the greatest thing ever made, but like if you're looking for that like sports thrill and something that's it's a simulation game. It's that's something that's close to that feeling of SSX, but you can also transform into every other vehicle yeah. on the fly. Like you can be snowboarding and then transform into a bike and then transform into a jet guy and then go into your wingsuit. Like it's just it's all crazy, but yeah. it makes it fun. So yeah. pretty interesting game. They uh, basically just took X games and like, how about if we just make it like a hangout spot? Yeah. Remember the old X game video games? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just that. So, yeah. Uh, now, the question is, will they actually give it content? So that's the other thing that I can't I can't stand with a lot of Ubisoft games is like games like this thrive on like special modes and stuff like that or additional things. And they give it to them, but it's such a drought. Between like the releases. slowest IV drip. It's such a slow IV drip. To the I, point where you think they forget about the game and then they make an announcement like, hey, we have content coming out next year. Looking at you. What was it? What's this child called? Uh, oh, uh, I, I just forgot the game, name's Division? game. Division? Yeah, I, th- I Division. think you're. I think you're referring to the Division Two. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that game could be so good if they like legitimately just focused Cared about on it. it. Yeah, <laughs> but it's. I mean, that it, could be a lot of their games. Yeah, uh, we know like. Ubisoft Massive is the team that makes Division 2. We know that like it was already a drip feed, and now I already know it's going to be even more of a drip feed because Ubisoft Massive is working on one of the Star Wars games now. So like that kills any hope of any major... I don't know. They, they announced that they're working on one. Um, but that kills any hope of any major content coming to the Division 2 anytime soon. Because they're working on this game. Meanwhile, like Overwatch hasn't gotten any either. I mean, they're content with all their regular stuff. Got food. Special delivery. But yes. Is this a Zeppeli? Yes. Nice. (laughs) I got food. Um... Special delivery. Special yes. delivery. We got Zeppelis. Um, <laughs> what's it called, though? I just... I don't see... It, it's bad for Overwatch because they're starting a new season in Overwatch 2, and now the game's indefinitely delayed. I guess they just go back to Overwatch 1, then. No, they're still going with Overwatch 2. How? I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, in surprise releases, Nintendo decided to push out Animal Crossing's update early. Which has me worried. We got the coffee shop ahead of time. 
You know where else you can get coffee? Right here at the Waypoint Cafe located at 65 Ludlow Street, which we're recording from right now. We come to you live from the Waypoint Cafe. Um, speaking of which, we always talk about like esports stuff and we don't really highlight a lot of what goes on here, but you guys can always check out the Waypoint website. But just in case you are ever wondering, there are in-store events happening here. Every Monday, we have a rotation between uh, Melty Blood and Guilty Gear Strive. <laughs> so that's always on Monday nights. Uh, for those of you Smash Brothers fans, every Tuesday is the weekly Waypoint Warriors showdown in Smash Brothers. Uh, you can check out the Waypoint Discord uh, for all their information, as well as the website that's on the link there. Um, we're going to be adding some TCGs uh, very soon. We have Friday Night Magic running on right now, for those of you interested. Uh, it's and Commander now. It's Commander. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Commander Night Magic. What, what, what did they change it to now? No, it's Friday Night Magic, um, but you can now choose between Draft or Commander. Okay. So we, we have uh, Friday Night Magic's going on, and uh, Wednesday nights, we're going to see the return of uh, weekly uh, Dragon Ball Super tournaments as soon as uh, we get those tournament kits in. Uh, so we got some exciting things happening here at the Waypoint Cafe, so feel free to check it out. Uh, let's continue going down the news things while we walk away from the shameless plug. Mm -hmm. uh, last bit of news that we came up on, uh, Square Enix being very candid about their <laughs> Avengers choices. I know. In all honesty, in all honesty, this felt like they just threw them under the bus. Mm -hmm. Very much so. It, it <laughs> they they threw them under the bus. And then drove and then the bus. drove the bus <laughs> over it, jumped out the bus, and threw a rocket launcher at it. <laughs> and they were like, ha! Um, anyway. Um... There was a, I think it was like a, a, an earnings call or something. Yeah. So Square Enix's boss, Yosuke Matsuda, basically insinuated <laughs> that Crystal Dynamics may not have been the right choice for Marvel's Avengers. Can I just say that this man loves to stab his development teams? Yes. This is the same man who said that, oh, Final Fantasy fourteen. Has done irreparable harm to the Final Fantasy franchise. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, not 15, not Strangers in Paradise that you're willingly releasing. So, uh, <laughs> 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 he, he basically said that while assuring shareholders that the company had learned from the disappointing superhero release and that it will better match game designs with developers going forward. Ouch. <laughs> you know what that means to me? They probably said, make a live service game with Avengers. And Crystal Dynamics is like, okay, yeah, we could do this in like two, three years. We want it out by now, by this time. I don't think it was that because this is eerily similar to when they said that the Tomb Raider and the original Hitman, the first game mode that yeah. was the series that they did it in episodic yeah, content. Yeah, yeah. And they made comments saying that uh, these games were disappointments only because they had these crazy ambitions of how much the games would sell. And it's like Tomb Raider and Hitman are not Call of Duty. Like they would, they wanted, they never were. They wanted, Square Enix wanted like Call of Duty numbers. That's Final Fantasy. For Tomb Raider and Hitman. That's Final Fantasy. Heck, that was Star Ocean until you drove it into the ground. 
So <laughs> I, I felt like we have two sides of the coin here because on that Tomb Raider Hitman thing, it's like you have an over expectation on a franchise that they won't make Call of Duty numbers, but they did sell pretty well. I yeah. mean, we got three Tomb Raider games. IO was able to do two Hitman games. The third one, they self-published, uh, which was the recent one we sh- uh, And showcased. they're great games. And they're all great games. Hitman 3 is probably the best puzzle game ever made. Um, but then you have something like this where this doesn't feel like a Crystal Dynamics product. I, I don't... I think Crystal Dynamics... I really feel like Square Enix, because they still have that Disney contract, said uh basically i it really feels like to me that it was just they're like hey crystal dynamics you could do an open world game we want a live service game here's avengers and it's just like i didn't miss that boat this game should have came out in between avengers one and two yeah um so continuing on with his statement uh he said taking on the games as a service model highlighted issues that we are likely to face in future game development efforts such as the need to select game designs that mesh with the unique attributes and tastes of our studios and development teams while the new challenge that we tackled with this title produced a disappointing outcome we are certain that the games as a service approach will grow in importance as gaming becomes more service oriented How we go about creating new experiences by incorporating this trend into our game design is a key question that we will need to answer going forward. And this is where this is where I say you're wrong. Yes, they are 100 percent wrong. And so games as a service can work if you are smart about it. And the way to be smart about it is look at 14. Look at how you handled Final Fantasy 14. That. I'm going to be honest with you. Games as a service is just another way of saying MMO. Yeah. It's just, oh, one has a monthly fee. The other one doesn't. Mm -hmm. It could have a monthly fee if you wanted to. And the reality is here, we're reinventing the wheel, which we don't have to. No. You You have two games as services, technically. The first one is Final Fantasy XI, which is still going strong, <laughs> and Final Fantasy XIV. And right. if you really want to count their their phone games, exactly. Like, uh, and they just dropped that Final Fantasy VII Battle Royale thing on that's mobile. That's also a game <laughs> as a service, but there's also um, Bravery Exodus. Yes, the crossover Final Fantasy game. Mm-hmm. And it's like you've done this so well. What this really sounds to me is you saw. Here's an IP that we have access to. It prints money for this company. Let's do this and see what happens without taking any in any recollection of would, a, would an Avengers game as a live service game work? The answer is no. You know what does work? Doing something like Guardians of the Galaxy and just letting the team have fun with it. Yes. yes that that works. <laughs> We've been showcasing Guardians uh, on the stream. Uh, for me, it's a replay, uh, but I've been making different choices as I've played through the game just to see what changes in the dialogue. And the game is just so fresh and fun. And when I look at this game and I see Idos Montreal, and I'm like, this feels like an Idos game. Yeah. This feels like an actual if game. If you wanted Crystal <laughs> Dynamics to make an Avengers game, let Crystal Dynamics make a Crystal Dynamics Avengers game, not a live <laughs> service game. Yeah, I think Avengers would have been so much better had the focus been on it being just a really well done single player experience. Yes. With occasional expansions that came out afterwards. Yes. It would have been fine. 
They would have made. Ha- they, I mean, I'm sure they made you some they money initially. No. You know what they could have done actually? What they could have done is, um, kind of like how the um, the Telltale games used to be, and do it chapter wise, where each expansion expands to a story where you end up working to a large threat, and then you have to use. All the characters or yes. whatever. Yeah. I can see something like that done. That would have done so much more. And then you could have milked that game for literally everything. I mean, it's, it's essentially episodic gaming, which they tried before. Yeah. Uh, it works for certain games. It doesn't work for everything. So when they did it with the first Hitman, it obviously didn't work because right. Hitman gamers want to play Hitman. We don't just want one episode. Yeah. Uh, I understood why they tried to do it that way because the whole thing was like, how many different ways can you do this one level while you wait for the I next get, level yeah, to go? That makes sense. Which I get. Makes sense. If you look at how Hitman 3 was, like Hitman 3 literally only has six stages. But it has hours of gameplay. So hours of gameplay. And then all the DLC has been free. Yeah. I've been hunting down the seven deadly sins every these past seven months. I'm just like, yo, this game's amazing. Hitman 3, awesome. Um but uh, Avengers story like would have been ideal for that type of uh, episodic approach, you oh. know, where like you have your main core game, and then maybe there's like hey, here's something there, from on there's the a, other planet. There's the there's other a, there's obviously like a big bad, but while you're playing the game, there's this underlying story. Yes, to be continued in some type of expansion. So we had the black. There was the the Hawkeye expansion. Right. There was the Black Panther expansion. Uh, next year, uh, Spider-Man, fin- I think, finally comes out. Yeah. <laughs> For those who pre-ordered Avengers, hoping to get Spider-Man anytime soon. Nope. <laughs> um, but this is just an example of how not to do a live service. And I would- Which is really crazy because technically we used to say that for Anthem. Yeah. <laughs> but at least Anthem was a- Anthem tried before they canned it. Like, as it got, before its untimely demise, there were attempts to fix it. It just wasn't enough. Um yeah. And the reason for that is not only do you have to have a nice idea for a live service, it also has to play well. Yeah. And Anthem didn't play well. <laughs> but and, at least uh, at, at its core, you're like, yeah, this is a live service game. Yeah. This felt like a Disney attraction that you're just paying extra steps for. You're paying extra money to go on the ride again. Yeah. <laughs> only it's a ride that you don't wait in line for. It's like you have... It's a ride you permanently own. Actually, no, you do have to... Because you permanently own the ride and you still have to wait online for it. That's what it felt like. Yeah. <laughs> um, but even still, like, they're not the only ones guilty of poor decisions, especially when it comes to games as a service um, and the whole microtransaction angle. Because even Bungie is coming under fire now for how they're handling... The upcoming DLC, The Witch Queen, which drops in February, it has me a little miffed. Like, I I, I understand where Bungie is coming from because it does cost money to make content. I get it. I get it. But to nickel and dime here's your community? Where, here's where this, is where, where, this is where my biggest gripe with Destiny is. And in all honesty... My biggest gripe with Destiny is you want to be an MMO, pick a model. Either go the Guild Wars route where, yes, you pay for the expansion, and yes, all the microtransactions are just for cosmetics that aren't necessary. Right. But people will still pay for them because they look cool. Mm -hmm. 
Or you go the WoW route, Final Fantasy route, where it's like, yes, the expansions cost money and there's a monthly fee, but look at the amount of content you get. Mm-hmm. So, and they're deciding to go in the middle. It's like, no, you can't be in the middle. Pick a lane. It's two way traffic. You can't go down the center of that. Yep. Pick a lane and stick to it. Yeah. I personally think Destiny would be better if it was a subscription based model. So I'm on the other camp. I think it would be better if it was the Guild Wars model. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and that's the way that's the way it has always been, at least up until now. So what's happening now with their upcoming DLC is it came to light that for the Witch Queen uh, editions, there's obviously a standard edition and yeah. then there's like the deluxe edition or whatever. So the the standard edition will give you access to the campaign, whatever right. new raid drops in that campaign, you know, everything that is gonna be in the Witch Queen proper. Okay, good. The deluxe edition uh, gives you access to the campaign and the four additional seasons that will happen after the year. So the seasons are basically three months. Yeah. So you get access to like the long run content. And there's going to be extra dungeons (laughs) in those seasonal contents. So the thought process is, okay, I don't have to buy into the deluxe edition, but if I want to, I can buy into a season and then get whatever content's going to drop in that season. And that's the way it was, at least up until now. So what's going to happen now is even if you buy the standard edition and you buy your season, the dungeons that come out that are tied to those season models are only accessed if you bought the digital deluxe edition. So what you're telling me is I should just buy the digital deluxe edition. They, what's it called? The Activision did. No, no, it's not an Activision thing, actually. This is um this they Terra Online did. In a way. Actually, yeah. That's actually a better that's way exact, to put it. Because Terra Online and BDO have this. They have exclusive premium um dungeons. Yeah. And those premium dungeons are for people who are like either longtime players, like mm-hmm. you've been there since day one until they moved over to Steam. Right. So you were a standalone, then you moved over to Steam. It's like, hey, here, here's your pre the flip side for BDO though is if you started the game on Steam, there are special Steam servers that the EXP gain in that is like quadrupled, so you can catch up with everyone. Mm-hmm. That is the only difference. But the exclusive, but with Terra Online, it was just like you. It's like, wait, how do I get that raid? Oh, to get this raid, you have to pay us a monthly fee. I'm like, I have to subscribe for for raids. Yeah. I'm like, okay, is the gear like, oh, so the gear is optional. No, the gear was competitive gear. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think it, so, so like, it just looks like a really weird way just to commit people to the digital deluxe edition more than anything. Not everybody's really ready to drop $80. I mean, you're dropping $80 for essentially a year's worth of content. I forgot what edition I actually oh, I mean, I got the digital deluxe one. So I spent $100 because in December, they're dropping that 30th anniversary stuff. Yes. And you can get the 30th anniversary in com- combination with the Witch Queen DLC. And that was $99.99. So I'm essentially locked in for like the next year and a half of Destiny. But even I feel like it's a little unfair to penalize like people who just want to get the standard the edition and then buy into later nuts. on. It does drive me nuts that the Witch Queen DLC is also in Games Pass. 
Well, they got to make their money. I know <laughs> they make the money. But here's the other thing. It's like, isn't Microsoft then, co- like, does that mean that Microsoft's not covering the cost? Probably not. Because from my understanding, any game that releases on Games Pass, Microsoft's like, here's what we expect to sell if it, if it gets more installed like that. Here's more money. Because that's how it was explained to me. I mean, I think that's probably like for like their first party stuff. No, also like indie games and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know. The, I don't know the details of the deal, but um, that would be a lot of money to fork over. And I know Microsoft has money. I don't know if they have that much money because that's they a lot of games. A billion dollars replacing every single modem and router in the country of Brazil. They have that kind of money. Okay. I mean, I'm just saying like. <laughs> Video games are not cheap. No, they're not. <laughs> but a billion dollars to replace hardware in an entire country. I mean, it is Microsoft. Like, I'm <laughs> just saying, like, I, I just feel like that that's a lot of yeah, money. Also, they're now more valued than Apple. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're, no, they're now the most valuable company in the world. Of course, because it's freaking Microsoft. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like it, this doesn't look good on Bungie's model. And then there's a lot of other reasons that go into it. Um, a lot of it also has to do with the, the destiny content vault because the game is so huge. They rotate content in and out just to keep the file size down, which I understand, understand but it also is like, I paid for this stuff. You're taking, you're essentially temporarily removing stuff I paid for. Because your servers can't handle it. And I get why they take it out because like it makes sense to remove content that isn't getting any updates because when you have to code a game, you have to take into account all aspects of the game. Uh, You do. Yes. But. Specifically the way they code the game. So a lot of it, I think, is because certain weapons are tied to areas. Yes. And also... They, it's a poorly coded game. I'm going to be quite honest with you. It is a spaghetti code game. And it is something that I've always complained about developers. And this is something that I blame solely on Activision and EA for. We have raised an entire de- generation of developers who do not know how to actually develop. Mm-hmm. And, and here's, where, here's where I call shenanigans. Final Fantasy XV. 15, all, okay. Yes. No, not 15. 14. Okay. The MMO. With all of the content that's in there. All patches, all deal, all expansions, everything. Mm-hmm. 60 gigabytes on my computer. Yeah. You're telling me Destiny, in its instanced gameplay, because it is instanced gameplay. Sits at like 80, 90 gigs on my PS5 right now. Yeah. It's at 90 gigs. I'm, like, I'm sitting here. I'm like, this makes no sense. Guild Wars. With, with it's even more expansive. Because it has. If you want to talk about cosmetics. Yeah. Guild Wars just has. Literally. 10 gigs of just the cosmetics alone. <laughs> 60 gigs. I highly doubt. That it. In, there's not that much. Either that game is too big. In terms of. Scaling is probably off, or there's so much junk code there. I think a lot of it has to do with junk code, um, and just, just poor design. You know, 
I, I, it's, it has to be because at this point I'm sitting here. I'm like, this I makes mean, no sense. look at, look at what, why is call of duty? The, uh, the, the recent one last year's call of duty. That thing's like 150, almost 200 gigs now. Yeah. That's just poor coding. Yeah. And then everyone's like, well, like how can games like Fortnite and that stay so small? Dota two. Dota two is tiny. <laughs> 32 gigs total. Um, and I think it also it has to do with the coding and it also has to do with the size of your environment. So Fortnite only really cares about its one environment. And to keep it fresh, they just changed that one environment. Well, the Apex. Thing. Same thing. Here's an even better one. The largest Minecraft world, from what I remember, like one of the servers, right. takes up 100, 100 gigs. Mm-hmm. And it is about the size, if you were to do square mileage, about the size of one of the arms of the Milky Way galaxy. <laughs> so I don't understand what the si- like what these games, what, what Destiny is doing. Bungie has to get, because it's like, that, that was actually one of the reasons why I stopped playing. I didn't like the fact that they were vaulting stuff. Because they can't code it. I don't know. I'm not a designer. I, I, I no, I know. It's just. I can play your That's game and I can tell you why your game plays good or bad. That's me. I don't know where that fits in the game design. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple levels, actually. But <laughs> Ask me to code? No, I can't code for you, but I can play your game and tell you, hey, this needs to be fixed. Uh. Uh, now, speaking of game size, how large do you think Elden Ring is going to be? Oh, it's not a real game. <laughs> not a real game. That, that video had me like... Oh my god, I can't believe this is gonna be in my hands in February. Um Elden Ring looks great. It does look great. And it's open world. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. It's open world Soulsborne. Yeah. Because it looks like it's Bloodborne. There's some things of it that remind me of Sekiro in terms of how the character moves and dodges and stuff like yeah. that. So it's definitely like this. Amalgamation, Amalgamation of, of everything they've designed before, which I'm really all here for. Like, I didn't like Sekiro. There were aspects of Sekiro that I liked. Um, but to see some of those aspects. I didn't think it deserved a sequel, but that's just me. Sekiro got a sequel? Yeah, a sequel. No, you're talking about Neo. That's the Team Ninja one. <laughs> we don't talk about that game. <laughs> which, by the way, Neo 2 was definitely better than Neo. <laughs> I know, but I'm just like, the first, like, I didn't get why it got a second one. The first game wasn't that great. Well, Neo, yeah, Neo one was awful. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, like it's it it looks huge. You have they're like yeah, this is the dungeon. I'm like that's an entire castle in the middle of your map. How is that one thing a dungeon? And that castle is big. Like if you saw where how much space it took up on the map, yeah, and when he was riding up to it, I'm like. Big. That that's a dungeon. Yeah, that's a dungeon. And it apparently links to like the other aspects of the kingdom. And I'm like, how big is it's this Alexander. world? Alexander. How big is this world gonna be? Alexander. <laughs> um, but yeah, Elden Ring drops uh February 25th. You can pre-order it now. Hashtag we're not sponsored, but please sponsor us. <laughs> I'm just really excited for this game. I love the Souls games. I I even though I complain about Here, them a lot. <laughs> I like the lore of the Souls games. I do not like the gameplay aspect of them. Bloodborne played well. Bloodborne's <laughs> the only one that played well. 
New Demon Souls played well. It did. Parts of the second one did. Parts of the third one did. The first one. I'm talking about the remake on oh, PS5. The remake was okay. That, re- that remake plays very well. Yeah. There's still a lot of like cheesy BS in it, yes. but. Again, again. <laughs> hashtag not I, sponsored. Hashtag please sponsor us. I do still have <laughs> concerns about the game. For Elden Ring? Yes. What are, what are your concerns? Martin does not know how to finish anything. Oh, the writing's done. Done. The writing's done. You sure about that? Yes. Watch it ends open ended, and it's just like we're sorry we have a DLC because we don't know how to end this. I sincerely doubt <laughs> that's what's happening with this game. I'm just glad he was actually able to finish something. <laughs> also, I think uh, Hidetaki probably like forced him. Is like you will finish this game, or I will personally eviscerate you. <laughs> he held like a sword to his neck. He's like, finish. You will write an ending. <laughs> There's uh, what's the other? Then Del Toro is also on it, correct? No, no. Uh, I thought he also had character design. I think of another game then. Uh, no, I don't think. Guillermo, the last thing I remember Guillermo del Toro working on game wise was uh, the now canceled Silent Hill game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I put them in the same category in my mind. Games that will never come out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we, we don't know about that yet. We're still waiting for Konami's uh, announcement stuff that they're doing. Some, I'm going to laugh that it's if it's DDR for home again because I'm going to see here. It's like, you know what? I don't care. I mean, whenever they get around to it, <laughs> I, I am anticipating Castlevania game as service. Nah, I mean, they're, they're working on a new Castlevania. Right now, the bar is on the floor for me when it comes to Konami. So. And they'll still show up with a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm waiting for whenever they decide to do their showcase of whatever it is. Anyway, uh, that looks like it's going to be our show for today. Just a lot of news. You know, we're kind of trending into what's going to definitely be a uh, busy holiday a, a busy season. Holiday season. Uh, so definitely stay tuned with all our episodes of the podcast coming to you as we gear up for our end of the year and our own game of the year. Uh, the race is starting to get a little exciting because a lot of these games that we didn't really anticipate being as good as they are. Definitely are. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's it's exciting. I'm glad that it happened because I was really like, this year definitely felt like a drought. It did, but I had a weird feeling at the end of the year. And then uh, be... and then all these other developers just said, games. I was like, yes, give me more. I don't have time to play a lot of these. I, 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 sl- I stay up to like 2 a.m. playing a lot of your games. <laughs> I need to get a, did you expand your PlayStation? So no, that's probably going to be one of my Christmas gifts I to myself. kind of need to do it for this game. So the, the thing that sucks is I want to finish the computer. Finish the computer first. But I also want to get more space on my PlayStation 5 hard drive. There's that. And then I also want to get the Halo Edition Xbox. There's that. And I got to pre-order Elden Ring. Again, PC first. <laughs> I'm getting PC first. That, 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 that. We have to play Halo. Oh, I'm going to play Halo on the Xbox. I'm playing it on PC. <laughs> <laughs> I want my Halo Xbox so I can play Halo. Like, that's the only game I'm going to have on that Xbox. I mean, I have a Halo. I have the, old, the uh, Halo 5 Xbox, <laughs> which is a nice. I think I'm the only person who enjoyed 5, honestly. But yeah. I play it on my folded browser. 
No, what I'm going to do definitely while, while you're streaming it, I'm going to try to get it to work on my PS5 or yeah. PS4 browser. Yeah, try. PS5 has a browser too, I think. Yes, it should. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, thanks for uh, checking out our show. Uh, RJ was kind enough to throw all the links into D chat, but as always, you can check us out over at our Discord. Keep the conversation going. Feel free to tag me at Omega Z. More than willing to chat with you all about different video games. We have our little video game section over in our Discord. Tag me there. More than awesome to tell you to get good, as I frequently do to RJ. Uh, who is going to come up next with some more great Ace Attorney? RJ and Joel will be on right after this episode. For more of that content, you can check out our website at uh, digitalearentertainment.com. Definitely check out our merch as well. We have our D hoodies, T-shirts, and sweaters, and our D mug for your beverage of choice over at our Stream Elements shop. And if you're interested in more caffeinated beverages, you can bring our D mug over to the Waypoint Cafe located at 65 Ludlow Street and ask for a cup of Joe. Get some coffee. Uh, I mean, I could put my hot chocolate in my mug too, right? Yes, yeah, we can. <laughs> we'll have new hot chocolates up soon. Yes. Waypoint Cafe located at 65 Ludlow Street, where we bring you this show live. Uh, you can also check out our sponsor. Image Anime and use our promo code Discount20 for all t- in-store products and save 20% on your purchase. This code is valid until January 2022, so you got a little bit of time to keep using it. And if you want to check out the pop-up shop at the Waypoint Cafe, we also have some of those items in stock here at the Waypoint Cafe. Thanks for coming on in, checking out the episode. Stick around. We have RJ and Joel coming after for some great Ace Attorney. But as always, until next time, you've been decoded. Decoded.